Welcome to the Best of Sales Skills Podcast. Today we're talking to Alex Boyd, and Alex has a unique view on sales and selling today. Alex is the CEO and founder of a business called Revenue Zen, and he's got a terrific story. You see, Alex started out as a full cycle sales rep, making around 80 calls a day. If we fast forward to 2022, and he now has an established SEO marketing agency that creates inbound for B2B businesses. On top of that, he has a social selling course called Seven Figure Social Selling, as well as a software program that is unique in its ability to help you use your social time more effectively. It's not a social automation tool. It's not all about automating. It's more about reporting and helping. So to summarize, we've got a guy who's an expert on social selling, a proven full cycle sales rep, and yet he has enough know-how to be the CEO of an SEO marketing agency. So that's a pretty impressive group of skills. So I'm confident you'll enjoy listening to Alex Boyd's take on sales today. I'm Mark Minginis, and thank you for listening to the Best of Sales Skills podcast. Alex Boyd, welcome to the Best of Sales Skills podcast. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate you having me. Thank you, Mark. Alex, I've listened to you on a couple of other podcasts. Jason Bay, I'm a big fan of Jason Bay's uh, Blissful mm-hmm. Prospecting podcast. Heard a great episode of you talking about being customer focused. I thought it was well worth my time to investigate you a little bit further. And lo and behold, you've got a whole bunch of really good content that salespeople will find valuable. So thanks for coming on. Um, really appreciate it. I guess there's probably going to be a bunch of people that are thinking, you know, who is Alex and what does he do? You know, you're the founder and CEO of a business called Revenue Zen. Is that correct? Revenue Zen, yeah. Um, but what I found in some research there is he started out as an SDR, um, making a whole bunch of calls every day, like most SDRs do. And now you're running a marketing agency that's got a you know, B2B growth focus. So tell us a little bit about Revenue Zen, first of all, a little bit about Alex. And I'd love to know a bit about that journey, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah. I thought my journey would go more into finance. Alas, it led me away from hedge funds and into brokerage where I applied to research and client services and I was put in sales. And so I actually wasn't an SDR, it was full cycle. I was making $80 a day trying to open up funded brokerage accounts with people that had paper trading demo accounts. Mm -hmm. And this was not B2B. They were not particularly warm leads. They had sort of generally heard of the company, so it wasn't true cold calling. But they were, you know, playing around on their computers with FX trading. And my job was to say, well, here's how to look at it. Give enough confidence to open an account, find the ones who had the largest potential to deposit, rinse and repeat for two and a half years. And then I tried for every promotion I could get. I don't think I was corporate enough for it. So I decided to find an environment that was more, just less high volume and more quality. I found a tech company that was a combination of services and SaaS, and this was B2B now. And so I thought, wow, I get to go from making 80 dials a day to having five good calls a day. I'll take that any day of the week. I did. It was good. A year and a half-ish of closing did pretty well. I brought in about 1.3 million my first year with like 12K ACV deals. It wasn't you know, the, the biggest quota, but um, I got a taste for it. And so when there there was an opportunity for me to move from San Francisco to Portland, Oregon, and move up north and build out a team. And so I did. We hired 10 SDRs and 10 AEs at least in six months. Built a large team, you know, doubled the gross revenue of the company in a year and change. And after that, I decided I really wanted to build something that was um, my own culture from scratch. Because as a, a you know, director of sales, you can't truly build the culture. You're sort of part of the overall company culture, even though you can lead your team. So Revenue Zen began as just friends were saying, can you come help if you're 
free. And I did and just put subscription price points on everything. So my first, I mean, really the, we didn't do any project work. It was all retainer consulting work at first. And the most common request was actually outsourced SDR. So we did that for a bit. We soon brought on another friend of mine as a partner who had a content focused background. And a year into offering both services, people tended to gravitate toward outbound, but they were getting really good results with the content marketing work. And the ROI was actually better. Now, our margins were actually much better too on the content work than than being a business process outsourcer, which is no surprise. Running an outsourcing company in the US with its cost of living was not very profitable. <laughs> so for multiple reasons, we just lean more into the, the inbound marketing side. So here I am having a good amount of experience with B2B SEO, and we see the opportunity to acquire another SEO agency. And over the last almost two years since we did that, we've really leveled up the SEO game. Um, but I've never lost the the social selling element of it. We still post our wins on social. We still have a small LinkedIn social selling consulting practice. We ghostwrite for founders. We have our own tech purely for social selling that has no automation part of it. We made a course to help train people. And I found that as an agency owner and tech company, um, having a LinkedIn presence is super valuable. I've seen the uh, people get 200 signups for a waitlist on a SaaS product from one LinkedIn post. It's it's so powerful to to have built this up. And I haven't even spent that much time. Like we, you know, we were talking about earlier spending 10 minutes a day social selling. And that's about how much I spent, maybe 20, depending on the day, but between the app and a few minutes on LinkedIn.com on the desktop. It's not that much time, but it's provided millions of dollars in revenue. Uh, at least one of those million can be traced back to our friend Jason Bay and a coffee meeting I had with him five years ago. So <laughs> it's been that's been the journey in short is accidentally in the sales full cycle from finance to tech to leadership toward growth toward sort of looking more broadly at growth as an agency and then you know the past five and a half years of revenues that have just been it's more expansive beating marketing and lead gen and sales journey which has been an absolute blast yeah oh that's wild but uh, what a great journey so just so that we can get some context if you would want so, so who do you typically work with now like as um, at revenues in like what what sort of what are your ideal customers? Our typical customer these days is a a B two B SaaS company or a B two B professional services company that has a profitable niche. So um, what we do can work equally well for a commercial janitorial services company that sells seven figure deals for multinationals to clean all of their facilities, as it does for a chatbot tech company or a marketing attribution company that sells to corporate buyers on LinkedIn. We do have a couple consumer clients that use us for SEO. Um, we do actually does apply to them too, but I think we mostly have worked with B2B to date because our audience is mostly B2B. It's uh, VPs of marketing, sometimes founders, CEO, COO at um, B2B companies that are doing demand gen and um, just want to capture more of their market. Yeah. Okay. That's good to know. Thanks very much. And so, and you did mention there, um, and some, you've got a, a social selling course called Seven Figure Social Selling. So is that is that publicly available? Is that the sort of course that people could sign up for if they were interested? Or is it, or is that yeah. something that you offer corporate clients only? No, it, um, it's been, uh, sometimes we'll, we'll do a company-wide license if people are coming on board and want to say, hey, let's just train our whole team. But we've had, you know, a little under 100 students so far in it, publicly available. Some people sign up as a one-off and just take the course for their own benefit. Some people buy as a team and they'll say, I want three licenses for three reps and they'll they'll go that way. But um, if somebody's trying to level up their team when it 
comes to not LinkedIn automation, not connecting pitching, but actually social selling, this can be a great option for them to just start with a course so that the each rep has the material, the video, they can go back to it later. They don't have to rely on taking notes in a consulting session. And then, yeah, bring in the trainer, bring in somebody for the reinforcement, the good stuff. But um, to to have that expensive consulting time focused on the bare fundamentals, eh, take the course first and then, you know, reinforce it with that trainer's time. That's kind of how I look at it. Yeah. So, you know, I love the fact that you've got these three things, you know, you've got the inbound expertise, outbound expertise with experience and the, and the social selling side. You know, I think that's really valuable and quite unique. But early on in our conversation, you mentioned how you moved from, you know, a quantity play on the outbound to, sorry, from quantity to quality. Yeah. You know, no question without notice, I feel like we all going to have to move that way. Like, I feel like the volume play is, is, is dead. You know, what's your feeling about where our band is right now and where do you think it's going to go? Yeah, I mean, volume works just enough to keep it going, but the results are being whittled away at, right? Like it's the same thing with Google Ads costs, same principle, but your cost per acquisition with Google Ads is going up, up, up every year. And what's happening with Outbound? Every year, the, the marginal cost of email stays at zero. The more people are sending, the more saturation there is, the more that spam blockers are getting ahead of it, and the more that you're likely to burn your domain by sending thousands and thousands of emails. Yeah. Even if you do all the deliverability tricks in the world, you sign up for Gmail accounts, you use you know, inbox warmers, everything under the sun. And so that's been happening for a long time. It'll continue to happen. Now, it's going to work just well enough that some people will keep doing it and you'll probably get some results from it. It's not going to be a smash hit, though. That's the problem with volume outbound is you're going to kind of limp on. It's going to work, but it's going to piss off a lot of your prospects and a lot of your market in the process. That's one downside. And the other is it's just going to work less well year after year. So you're going to have to adjust your scalability down as you grow it. It's a lot easier to do volume outbound when it's one rep sending, you know, 200 emails a day, cherry picking the best prospects from your, you know, 10,000. It's entirely another thing to say, well, we'll build a team of 20 doing that one that first rep is doing. That doesn't work because you you burn through your market much faster. So I think by definition, it has to go more toward this approach where SDRs are much closer to marketing. They're closer to community building, to social selling. They're less just set a meeting with anybody and they're more i would say close to demand gen where they're helping to personalize the company's narrative and messaging to the person they're talking to ideally bdrs would have a longer term goal of awareness pipeline meetings would be one of them but it wouldn't just be get meetings with these icps regardless of where they are in the buying process because people are realizing that now they're laying off salespeople left and right and that's because their incentive structures are all out of whack. Most SDRs will set a meeting with anything that moves as long as they can get credit for it. But that doesn't give the company any meaningful revenue. So that's why most SDR teams are really unprofitable. And kicking and screaming, that will continue to change over time as people realize that. Yeah. So does that mean that those SDRs, do you think, have to have more of a you know, a, a marketing focus rather than, rather than just uh, chop a funnel handover piece? Yeah. Like, well, do you think that they were, you know, so I guess are we talking about SDRs becoming almost half cycle reps? You know, <laughs> we're just making stuff up here, aren't we? You know, so instead of being full cycle, you know, they're, they're, they're maybe doing the demo the, um, or the demonstration, the discovery call. Is that where you think we might be going? I think that definitely works for some companies. It's less that they be more quote unquote marketing focused. Mm-hmm. We don't really want SDRs doing blog posts. That's not really the point. It's more that they need more training on the industry, 
and the jobs to be done than just on the sales tactics. I think you need many fewer SDRs total if you have a more robust demand gen engine, causing the market to be more aware of your solution through distributing your strategic narrative in an intelligent way. Like for revenues, a a good amount of the market knows of us. They may not know exactly what we do. We probably haven't reached out and said, well, you take a meeting with us yet to the majority of them, but there's some awareness there. So now that we've done all that work, if we build an SDR team, it's going to go a lot easier than doing it for a company where you've built no brand awareness and you're just trying to do it completely cold. I mean, you you said you you run outsourced SDR work. You probably see this for yourself, but a company that has built significant brand awareness is much easier to outbound for yep. than one that has done none. So they'll ideally be calling on leads that have heard of the company, at least, rather than ones that have never heard of it. Doing more of the demo, I love the idea of doing, and the practice of doing customized, short, two-minute, micro demos of specific ways a product can solve a problem in response to things people post in Slack groups, LinkedIn posts, communities in general, and responding with like not high value pitches, just sort of like, hey, saw your question. Um, here's a two minute video on how you can solve that. Yes, it involves our product, but just wanted to help out. I think SDRs will be more like community managers and moderators of the public debate around whatever it is your solution solves rather than just loading up a list and letting it rip. That sounds a bit like social selling to me, Alex. It's definitely a part of it. Uh, And SDRs who are good at social selling are absolutely crushing it. Yeah. Like, you know, look at Evan Patterson, right? No matter what company is at, he's just, he's he's bringing in, you know, 40 plus appointments a month all by himself organically. He doesn't do any cold calling. Tell me which of your SDRs that are purely using the phone are having 40 sat meetings. No, not booked appointments that that convert to sit meetings at 25%. I mean, good leads. There's no other way to do it. I'm not saying social is the only way. I'm saying it for, for many people, it is the best way. And I've never seen the best SDR that only uses the phone compete anywhere close to the best SDR that can use LinkedIn in this way. Yeah. Yeah, but we, we but it's we see so few people using LinkedIn well. You know, yeah. Evan's, Evan's a great example. You, you know, you do a very good job. So you, so you must not see a lot of things that people are doing wrong with, with LinkedIn. Like you must see a lot of common mistakes, for want of a better word, um, because obviously you've got um, Refuzen. So you, what's the name of the tool, tech tool that you use? So our platform that we built is called Aware. Mm-hmm. And we built that to basically make the, the good social selling workflow go better and faster. Right. And so the, the bad common social selling workflow is load up a list and let it rip, but on LinkedIn. And that's just, okay, you're taking the same principle as high volume cold calling and applying it to social media. It falls flat, right? That's connect and pitch. Everyone hates that. I've seen comments and pitch a ton. People will go to your comments of your post or somewhere and just sort of, you know, great post. Have you thought about how this could be helped by using blah, blah, blah? Okay, (laughs) get off, get, leave, just get out of my house. You know, that's the reaction everyone has. So what's the right workflow? Well, the right workflow is ideally you you know enough to leave 10-ish comments a day on other people's content. Could be your prospects, could be industry influencers, could be customers of yours, hell, even competitors, and say something reasonably thoughtful, like not great post, agreed, congrats, or something reasonably thoughtful. And I go into that 
more detail in my course, but like, you know, the difference between a good comment and a bad one. A bad one is just like thumbs up. A good one actually says something. So you do have to create the messaging and the training to actually teach your team to know how to say something valuable. All right. That's step one. Engage with others. Just be out there, right? Like it's the name, your face, company brand out there. And suddenly people have at least heard of you. Hopefully they like you a little bit because of what you've been saying in the comments. That's great. All right. So now go one step further. If you can post your own content and not every SDR is going to be able to write amazing posts. That's okay. But can your CEO, can your VPs, can anybody in your organization be writing content in a way that's compelling, that shows how a solution solves a real problem? Can people be posting customer stories? Can you go to your main sales team Slack channel and once a week give the high-level bullet points of how a customer was successful with your software and encourage them to use that and make it their own in a customer case study post? Doesn't need to require you to be an amazing writer. So that's the second one. Everyone's leaving comments every day. Number two, hopefully some people are posting once a week in a way that the market says, okay, I get it. I relatively know you and like you and kind of trust you. And now you're posting some good stuff about how your customers are successful. Look at Dream Data. Great example. They're posting just screenshots and videos of what their customers' attribution dashboards look like. Makes it super clear what they do. So now, finally, it's the third step, which is to take your interactions offline. When you've done those two things, it's way easier to naturally ask for a meeting. Morgan and Nicholas over at B2B Power Hour have a great principle of three public interactions leads earns you one private interaction. So once you've interacted a few times in public, then you can sort of much more reasonably ask for that private meeting. Guess what happens to your conversion rate? Through the roof, like 50% of people will be happy to chat or talk if they've interacted with you a little bit because you're not some rando anymore. It makes makes sense. I mean, it makes sense socially with social skills. That's where the social selling part comes in. So if you do those things in that order and you're not just coming in and making people feel used for a meeting, which is how most SDRs make their prospects feel, you have way more success. So that's kind of the bad method, automation, connecting pitch. But the good method is engage with others in the comments publicly, post your own stuff and focus on highlighting customer results with your solution when you do that. And then slowly take interactions offline, naturally, organically. I don't mean, you know, sit on your sit in your hands all day and not do anything. I mean, don't rush prospects beyond how fast they can go and you'll have way more success. Yeah, I, I, there's a saying I picked up somewhere, you know, slow down the sales process to speed up your sales results. Be, yeah. Because a lot of people go, oh, look, there's Alex. Um, he's perfect. So I'll connect and pick thinking, you know, because I'm focused in what I want, which is a conversation or a meeting, where yeah. they they don't work at the speed of the prospect. So if you slow down the fast first part of the interaction, you're significantly likely to actually get to the part of the conversation that you want faster. It seems counterintuitive, but I did love what you said there about, you know, how did you phrase it? Three public interactions earn you the right to one private. Mm-hmm. Because so many people struggle with that, you know, like, okay, so I'm interacting with Alex. How do I, like, what do I do now? Like, how do I sell on LinkedIn? Where's the selling part of social selling? Yeah. Uh, so can, have you got any couple of examples or an example that you could share of how, what that might look like? Yeah, there's plenty of examples of someone, my, one of my prospects will leave a comment on one of our customers' posts or a friend of mine's post. Mm-hmm. And I will like or respond to their comment a few times. And then finally, I'll go in the the prospect's DMs and say, hey, looks like you know so-and-so. I love what you said the other day about, you know, um, we work 
uh, founder's new startup being totally full of hot air or something. That's super cool. Um, just thought I'd connect with you here, right? So now you have something to talk about, which is what you've been discussing in the comments. And then you have the conversation opener, which isn't just, hi, I don't know you. Would you like to buy my thing? A lot of our revenue, millions of dollars of it comes just from the combination of my posts and comments. One of my favorite examples is I left a comment on the uh, owner of an agency's post mm-hmm. and they do like more technical B2B content writing, whereas we do more like organic search-driven content. I left a comment on his post and then I get a DM from somebody saying, hey, do you know that guy? Do you do the same services as them? I was like, no, we're a little bit different in this way. And he goes, oh, okay, cool. We use them. Uh, we actually need what you do too. Um, we have spare budget left over from last quarter. Can I get a backdated invoice over to your inbox? Um, or a PO rather? And I was like, what? Like, do you need me to sign an agreement? It's like, no, no, no. I just, I have the budget left over. I have to use it. And so that's how we got paid $45,000 in an afternoon from a comment. Yeah, right. But there's plenty of examples like this. People will, will send me an email and say, I saw your post really resonate with me. We need what you do. Can we talk? The, all of those, those ways of going about it. A, the three public comments and then send a nice note. That works really well. Uh, Amy Volus calls that a love note. Perfect, right? It's like this little, you know, sort of a nice thing. It's thoughtful um, and it's short and quick and goes in their inbox. That works great. The public comment with someone that gets noticed by your prospect, so like talking with your friends in the industry publicly gets you noticed by prospects. Yep. So we're not talking about just outbounding your prospects in the comments. We mean like be seen, be seen being thoughtful and helpful. And then the final one is just if you post good content of your own, you don't need to wait for anyone else. You post your own good stuff. And people will see it and reach out to you proactively. The the inbound and outbound work together. So I've seen all those work quite a bit for us. Yeah, nice. One of the challenges I see for salespeople is that, particularly from LinkedIn, salespeople get good value from LinkedIn because there's you know a lot of great tactics, strategies, thought provoking ideas. Some of them are wrong, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> Some of them are, are, are just people trying to sell sell their products, right? But they're, they're, I really think it's a great platform for people to learn and to broaden their horizon, at least start thinking a little bit differently. So for salespeople, you know, it's it's a tool that gives, but on the on the knowledge side, and I see salespeople overemphasizing that part of their journey on LinkedIn and forget about what their customers and their their prospects are want to talk about, and so you end up they end up in a situation where you know it's like, hey, uh, I see you um, see you like a post by. Richard Branson, by the way, what are you doing for your software? You know, like, and, and there's no correlation. That is <laughs> but, the key. You know, so so what I find for the salespeople is what they're interested in is probably not always going to be what they should be talking about or promoting on LinkedIn because there's you've got to have both sides of the coin. How do we yeah. do that? I mean, what's your thoughts there? I think there's a way of training SDRs to ask better questions. So there's the first version, which is, I st- I noticed your interaction something and then irrelevant sales pitch. And then level two is like somewhat relevant sales pitch. I noticed that you're hiring more SDRs. You should buy more sales engagement from us. Well, it does, why are you credible? Why should I listen to you? I can just go to the website. You have to ask a question or start a conversation in a way that includes some knowledge. One of my favorite ways to do this, this is hard work, but is to get with the company in a room and help unpack the strategic narrative. What are they actually trying to teach to the market? And then you boil that down into certain principles. Let's take Gong, for example. Yep. 
Goodbye opinions, hello reality. It's awesome. Andy Raskin came up with that with them. Amazing slogan. So so now we're not just commenting on anything related to sales. What we're trying to find is areas where decisions in sales are being being made based on opinions and feelings. And now the gong sales team can get in there and just twist the knife when about that. They can press on that and be like, I'm curious how you came to that decision when the data show this. And 70% of sales teams are doing this. What do you think about that? And then people can be like, oh, I guess I didn't examine it well enough. What do you do again? And then the question is not about the product. It's about how they're doing the job and about how you think they could do the job better. It's the same principle as in the challenger sale. So we never pitch SEO services. We just encourage people to think about SEO in a different way that we think makes more sense. Naturally, they're going to be like, oh, well, can you help us with this? Well, yeah, sure. Yeah. Right. No matter what type of software you have, it's not about the products, about the way you view the world differently that caused you to make that product in the way that you did. And when you see people have a viewpoint that isn't quite evolved or educated enough, you can just gently help encourage them to see the light of day. That will lead them towards your product without you slamming it in their face. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, look, and we see this in an email too. Like, I'm, I don't know why every single prospecting email has to have a calendar link or a request for a 15 minutes to meeting. You know, yeah. I mean, if you're asking a good enough question, what do you really want? You, we want a, either a conversation or a reply, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, to go straight from a cold email or, or even a, a semi-warm email to someone booking 15 minutes in your calendar, it's a pretty big jump. So, yeah, so yeah. you know, <laughs> I don't know why we, why we do that. And it's it's implied, right? So if, if your email is is revenue sent and all that, people know what you're doing, right? So they're not they're not stupid. Yeah. So cool, mate. Uh, some really good stuff here. What would be the one thing? So if, if people listening to this, they're like, okay, Alex is making sense. What's the one thing they should go and do to be more effective as a salesperson online? What would you suggest that they do? I think for social selling is don't talk about your product. I actually posted about this and uh, based on something that that Morgan Smith had posted, which was, the, he called it the vampire sales rule. I love this. Um, I just used to think of it as, don't talk about your product, but the, the that funny way of, of putting it is, you're only allowed to pitch when you're invited to by the prospect. I've done that for years and years. I don't pitch unless I'm invited to. I used to start discovery calls a long time ago when I was in an AE role. And I would just like chat with them about their life and business. And that would naturally lead closer to the subject matter at hand, but I let the prospect be the one to be like, all right, so let's, you know, tell me about your solution. Until then, I was just trying to share things we knew that could help them. So I would say if you're if you're doing social selling, rarely use the name of your product in the conversation. Focus instead on finding ways to help people see something in a different way, whether you're on MarTech, HR tech, anything else. And if the key here is if you don't know what those points of view that your company has you can share are don't sit in silence and suffer go talk to your team go set up a session with your ceo or your, your product marketer depending on how big the company is and be like hey i don't want to just pitch on linkedin what i want to do is help is watch for situations where our company's knowledge is valuable what are those situations for me it might be somebody who is doing b2b seo and is creating content based on what has the most keyword volume i'd be like that's fine but what about these keywords that have 20 searches a month, not 2,000, but have a significant enterprise deal size behind them based on the search intent? How does that integrate into your strategy? Nowhere in there am I saying, we offer SEO services. I don't need to. Hmm. 
So whatever that is for you and your company, go figure out what that is and talk about that stuff. Talk about the ways that your prospects can see a better way of doing whatever most important job it is they have to do. That will lead them to where you want to go. Side note, that will also make you feel much better inside and you'll feel much less sleazy when you do it that way than if you just go on and be like, how many seats would you like? You know, use car salesman, adjust the tie type of thing. So it makes it more fun too. That's why social selling is much more enjoyable than other methods, I would argue, having done many of them myself. Right, that's that's great advice. I really like that. Before we sign off, is it going to be okay with you if I share in the show notes your 10-minute social selling framework? Sure, feel free. Okay, cool. So if you're listening to this, go to the show notes. I'll put the post right there so you can go and have a look. It's a great piece of content there, social selling in 10 minutes per day from Alex. Alex, mate, thank you very much for being so generous and coming on the Best of Sales Skills podcast and sharing all of that great knowledge. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. It was fun. Thank you, Mark. No, thank you very much.